Welcome to Sideline Sleuths, a true crime podcast all about the tragic yet fascinating cases no one can seem to get enough of. I'm Megan. And I'm Jasmine. We're so glad you're listening. If you like being an armchair detective, you'll love being a Sideline Sleuth. So, unless you've been living under a rock the last several weeks or years, to be honest, you're aware of the climate in America right now. Four police officers killed a man named George Floyd in Minneapolis on May 25th and ignited a fire across the world. The mass protests and civil unrest our country is experiencing is apparently unprecedented. I read that this is the largest civil rights movement in history, with all 50 states and 18 countries participating simultaneously. The events that led up to these demonstrations are heartbreaking, but I have enjoyed seeing so many people come together from all walks of life and try to make significant change for the better. George Floyd's death is unfortunately not an isolated incident. Sadly, individuals, specifically unarmed black men and women, are disproportionately killed by law enforcement often. George Floyd was not one of the first, but together we can reform this country and make a change so he can be one of the last. Today we're going to talk about two men who may not have been killed by a police officer, but who were last known to be in police custody before they disappeared, Terrence Williams and Felipe Santos. Both men went missing in Florida, one in 2003 and one in 2004, after being arrested by the Collier County Sheriff's Department. I found this really great article in a student newspaper from Farmington High School in Connecticut called The Voice, and there was so much good information in there that I just wanted to give them a shout out because I'm a teacher and I was like, yeah, you. So I mention that article often throughout this episode. Let's start with Felipe. Here's what we know. Felipe Santos was a 24-year-old man who was living in Florida at the time of his disappearance. His citizenship doesn't matter to me, but I'm in the business of stating facts, so he was living in the United States illegally at the time that this happened. He was a Mexican citizen, but had been here for three years. On the morning of October 1st, 2003, Felipe was driving his two brothers to work when he was involved in a minor car accident in Naples, Florida, around 6.30 in the morning. Deputy Stephen Calkins, a 17-year veteran of the Collier County Sheriff's Department, came to the scene. No one was injured in the collision, and the damage to both vehicles was minor. He cited Felipe for reckless driving and driving without a license or insurance, and put him under arrest. Felipe was last seen in Deputy Calkins' patrol car as he drove away. Later that day, Felipe's boss called the jail to try and bail him out, but he was told that Felipe was never booked in. What? When asked about the encounter... Deputy Calkins claimed that he had a change of heart because Felipe was, quote, polite and cooperative. So he dropped him off at a local Circle K instead and drove away. I know. I've heard this story. Really? Okay. I can't remember it. Yeah, but well, there's like, there's two very similar stories in this one. Mm -hmm. So the woman Felipe had been in an accident with earlier contradicted what Calkins said. She stated that Deputy Calkins was visibly agitated with Felipe because he didn't have documentation. Mm. She said Calkins stated that he was tired of pulling over people who didn't have licenses, end quote. So he was just pissed already. Uh, he had like a like a like a an ongoing yeah. thing that was festering. Yeah, so he's like, I let him out because he was playing cooperative, but like he already had it in his mind that he was annoyed with him. 
because he didn't have documentation. Two weeks later, after Deputy Calkins officially submitted his incident report, Felipe's family filed a missing persons report and a complaint against Deputy Calkins. An investigation cleared the deputy of any wrongdoing, but Felipe's family, especially his wife, wondered how thorough the investigation could have been because investigators never even reached out to her to be interviewed. Oh my gosh. Right? So what did you really do? Like, And when you're investigating one of your own, it's like... It isn't a thing. You don't yeah. investigate your own. Yeah. This fall will be 17 years since Felipe was arrested by the Collier County Sheriff's Department. 17 years? Yeah. And not, no word of him? He's never been seen or heard from again. But that's just like the beginning of why this story is weird. In November of 2003, so a month after the accident that preceded Felipe's disappearance, they issued a warrant for his arrest because he didn't appear in court. But, like, they know he's missing, and they know he's missing under, like, suspicious circumstances. And then they issue a warrant? This doesn't make any sense. Not at all. Even if he was, it, it just... Yeah. So you can't find him, but now he's under arrest for yeah. not showing up in court. So Deputy Calkins alleges that Felipe had reasons of his own to disappear, and that he had nothing to do with him vanishing. For one, he thought Felipe wasn't living here legally, so after the arrest, he probably just decided to lay low. Felipe had been working in concrete and masonry, and he was sending money back to his family in Mexico. As you know, he had a wife, but he also had a daughter who lived there too, and his father. But none of them have ever heard from Felipe again. So even if he chose to lay low, he would have... Yeah, he still would have been in contact with his family. He would have, even if he like left Naples, Florida, and went somewhere else to make money to send home, like they would have heard from him. Listen, I'm getting all worked up, Megan. The United States consulate offices and Mexican passport offices don't know anything about his whereabouts either. So he just, like, dropped off the face of the earth after a minor fender bender. So now I want to tell you about what we know regarding the disappearance of Terrence Williams, because once you hear what happened to him, you'll realize that the two cases are definitely connected and not likely just coincidental. On January 12th, 2004, so just over three months after Felipe Santos went missing, Terrence Williams, a 27-year-old man, also vanished in Naples, Florida. Terrence had four children and had recently moved to Florida to be closer to his mother, Marcia. On the evening of Saturday, January 11th, he attended a party at a co-worker's house. Like Felipe, Terrence also did not have a valid driver's license. He had previously been cited for driving under the influence and his registration was expired, so his license had been suspended. He looked for another ride to the party but couldn't find one and decided to drive himself. Hmm. At the time of his disappearance, he was living with a friend named Jason Gonzalez, and Jason spoke to him on the night of the 11th, but never heard from him again after that. On the 13th, he reached out to Terrence's mother about his concerns. So, what happened to Terrence Williams on January 12th? Don't say it. When he was driving home from that party, he was pulled over by Deputy Stephen Calkins with the Collier County Sheriff's Department. You playing? No. The same guy, three months later. Pulled over just outside of the Naples Memorial Cemetery. Terrence's mother, I love her because she's doing her own investigative work, reached out to cemetery employees. Nice. Yeah, right? Who told her that they witnessed Deputy Calkins pull over Terrence. So this was like in the middle of the day. This was like 12 o'clock, like broad daylight. They saw him pull over Terrence ask him for his identification, which he did not have, pat him down, and then place him in the back of his police vehicle. The employees at the cemetery later filed affidavits that said that Deputy Calkins put him in the cruiser, drove off, and then returned alone, 
somewhere between 15 to 60 minutes later to move Terrence's Cadillac to the side of the road. According to cemetery employees, he asked them if he could leave Terrence's vehicle parked in their parking lot. What? So he... What? They said that Deputy Calkins left the keys to Cadillac on the ground beside the vehicle. So, like, made it look like it was abandoned. The thing that I think is irking me right now the most is the fact that he left witnesses of this. Yeah, and it was broad daylight. Like, Felipe was, like, 6.30 in the morning. So, like, who's up? How's, like, the lighting outside? It was October. That's, like, right around the time we do daylight savings. And, like, the, you yeah, know, it's dark I, probably or darker. If a car is left on the side of the road and you take somebody in for whatever an arrest, isn't there a protocol where you would get that vehicle towed? That's, like, a normal thing to do. Am, yeah. I, am I mistaken No, no, that? and that does happen. But yeah, but first, this is totally weird and fishy. And not because he's a cop, just because I just feel like that doesn't... That doesn't... But why would you do that? that yeah. Why would you... That's re- not a logical next move. 15 to 60 minutes later, he returns to the car alone with Terrence's key, obviously. Asks the cemetery employee if he can move it, because I guess it was like jutting into the roadway. Moves it into the parking lot of the cemetery then drops the keys on the ground next to it and leaves. Just, I mean, just if you're a traffic p- cop, like that's not even what you do with people's at property. At all. Why would you have his key and move his car? Like, why would you get in his car at all? Why are you driving his car? I don't know. But... Terrence is from a whole family of sleuths, so his aunt tracked down the car and found that later it was towed, and the report said it had been obstructing traffic, and Deputy Calkins is the one who signed off on it. So he purposely moved it because it was obstructing traffic, but then later had it it towed anyway. Okay. But he had no memory of the incident. He said he never met Terrence Williams. This will just got amnesia. Yeah. Selectively. Selectively. And... After that encounter, no one ever saw or heard from Terrence again. His disappearance took place only one month after the investigation, air quotes investigation, that supposedly cleared Deputy Calkins of any wrongdoing in the disappearance of Felipe Santos. So just one month later, he strikes again. When questioned about Terrence's disappearance, guess what Deputy Calkins had to say? That he changed his mind about the arrest and instead <gasps> took him to... Because Terrence was polite. Guess where he took him to? A Circle, Circle K. K. Okay. He <laughs> took him to a Circle K convenience store in Naples and dropped him off. Just like Felipe Santos. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't... I think none of it... Like, if someone breaks the law, aren't... Like, Do you think he used that same store because he got away with it the first time? Yes. Oh, my goodness. So... Immediately, Terrence's family filed. If you know that that's a weird thing, and people are going to ask questions well, about it, last time, yeah, I'm going like to ask cocky. him what his mom and dad or his wife's name is, so you could call and make sure he yeah. gets where he needs to get to. Yeah, it's. I almost said the effort. It's freaking weird, but okay. so Terrence's family files a missing persons report, and just like Felipe Santos's family, they also file a complaint against Stephen Hawkins, and they did this after speaking with the employees at the cemetery. Their complaint triggered an investigation of Deputy Calkins by his supervisors, and it was determined that he never made any kind of incident report about arresting or even encountering Terrence Williams. (gasps) Despite having no memory of the events at first, like he'd never even met that guy, he has no idea what we're talking about, he would later magically develop some sort of recollection about the (gasps) events that day. When questioned, he would later say that he happened upon a man whose car was, quote-unquote, in distress, and that Terrence asked him for a ride to that Circle K for work. It was not the same Circle K where he took Felipe Santos. It was a different Circle four K. miles apart, but Circle K, 
nonetheless. Okay. So what do you think is the likelihood that two men, three months apart, both vanish from a Circle K, which... For those of you who aren't familiar with what that is, that's like a gas station convenience store. Oh, true. But we should have said that. <laughs> two men, three months apart, both disappear after allegedly being dropped off at a Circle K by, by the, the same, same sheriff's officer. deputy. Yeah. And I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it's damn near. It's just... It's just weird. Unless people just lurk at Circle Ks and wait for that specific sequence of events to abduct somebody. Like, something I can imagine if he dropped like let's say he like legitimately dropped Felipe off there and then Terrence was like yeah I can take the Circle K having just been investigated for that being creepy like, I would have been like I don't or I would have done something to document this encounter because yeah. like hey y'all just thought it was fishy when I did this with that other dude who's now missing without a trace I should like no one's gonna believe this if I do it twice yeah like I just to cover my own butt I would have yeah. done something differently. You're a smart girl. I, I don't know what to think about this. And I, girl, I'm trying to not pass. I'm trying. You're trying not to judge, but it's I'm trying it's not to judge this conclusion. Okay. <laughs> I'm not judging, but. <laughs> but it happened already. Yeah. The article from Farmington High School that I told you about earlier said, quote, he also stated that he later called Circle K to talk to Williams regarding his car registration, which was not in the location he was told it would be. However, Circle K's video surveillance and phone records show that none of those events happened. What do you mean and, you called him at the Circle K? And Williams did not even work at Circle K. And quote, right? That just seems so freaking bizarre. What? Did you talk about what? So I was like a payphone <laughs> at the Circle K. I need you to be more like specific. Off the number. This don't like make not a lick of sense. I was confused about the whole thing, but. Okay, like, about him returning to the car to move it without Terrence, about him calling the Circle K. Trying, we was trying to look for the registration this whole yes, time? Yes, okay. I so, thought you didn't remember this encounter. Yeah. You, if you spent time looking for somebody else's registration instead of just writing them a ticket. There's no way you just forgot about it. Oh, right? good girl. So, he said that he saw Terrence at around 12.15 in the afternoon, and he was driving a vehicle, you know, quote-unquote, in distress. Calkins then claims to have followed Terrence into the cemetery parking lot, which we know is a lie because he moved the car into the cemetery parking lot, mm -hmm. and then... Terrence asked him for a ride to the nearby Circle K convenience store because he was late for work. Nothing about taking him out, patting him down, putting him in the squad car, all arresty-like. It was just like, can I get a ride to work? So he says he then drops him off at Circle K. Terrence, <laughs> I don't know why, allegedly just tells him the paperwork for the car is in the vehicle's glove compartment. I didn't want to give that to you when you first yeah, asked me now, about it. Yeah, but now that I'm at Circle K, and here's away the from key the to car. my Cadillac. Go go back and look for your freaking... No. While I go to work. Right? None of that makes sense. Like, it, it makes sense. Like, if you... if, if that No really telling how I'm going to get to work from the circle, okay? You, not even going to bring that up. because you have my keys. <laughs> and like, my car. I don't know. So, I'm not sure why they even had that conversation, to be honest. I guess because he couldn't drive because his license is suspended. Guess, it doesn't make like, a lot of sense. But why would you give him your key? I don't know. And, like, why did he need to give him the paperwork before you even got... Oh, whatever. So... Uh, yeah, Deputy Hawkinson claims, you know, he went back to the cemetery where the Cadillac was and realized that the paperwork was not, in fact, in there. So because he felt like Terrence had deceived him, he, he calls the Circle K from uh -huh. his department-issued cell phone and asked to speak with Terrence. And the clerk who was working allegedly told him over the phone that Terrence Williams did not work there. And after that, he calls in the license plate number for Terrence's vehicle and learns that his plates are expired and that's when he like is so pissed he decides to have the Cadillac towed because this guy has duped him yeah so I mean like all that makes sense I guess like it ex doesn't make sense but it explains why he returned to the vehicle and why he ended up having it towed but it still doesn't square things away and 
I said it earlier, but it doesn't square things away because his cell phone records and the phone records from Circle K show that no such call took place. This is so confusing. I feel like there it's not logical at all. Okay, take me to my work, which is a Circle K psych. It's not a Circle K. Also, here's the keys my, to my Cadillac. Yeah. Also, get the registration. Also, but you're not gonna know where to find me later because this isn't where I actually work, and I just I don't know. Calkins like. He really thought people were about to buy that because people bought what happened to Felipe. I mean, even if he had said, hey, I had talked to the guy. His license was suspended. We had some words over it. I decided not to arrest him, anyway, him or yeah. arrest him and take him to where he said he worked. And then, you know, be a good guy and move his car since he's not light. He can't legally drive but it. you make a good guy, why'd you tow it? But then I and guess he... the keys. I, to, I, to, it doesn't make sense. And it, I, yeah, I tried. It doesn't make sense, yeah. So, furthermore, the surveillance footage from the store never shows Deputy Calkins or Terrence Williams ever being at that location. <gasps> the employees were interviewed and no witnesses were ever uncovered who could put Deputy Calkins or Terrence Williams at that circle. <gasps> so we got lucky because Felipe... You let me waste like three minutes trying to put that story together. <laughs> and and it was a lie. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I guess he got lucky there was no surveillance at Felipe's or something because I never heard anything about it, but... Picked the wrong Circle K for the lie about Terrence Williams. All right, Circle K, one point. Yeah. (laughs) So that Farmington High School article goes on to say that Deputy Calkins' account of things ended up changing. Quote, he first stated that he had no idea who Williams was, although there was witnesses who saw him with him. He also claimed that he had not arrested him. If that were the case, why bother putting him in the cruiser when he could drive his own car? Additionally, Calkins was a 17-year veteran of the force. If someone breaks the law, shouldn't you arrest them rather than give them a ride to their job? End quote. And actually, I just realized I changed like four of those words. It's not a direct quote, but it pretty much is. So, and that's a good point, but I appreciate police using their discretion and good judgment and not arresting people for minor things. So that really isn't a concern to me. Like, actually, if he really did that, I'd be like, dude, thank okay. you. Yeah. Like, that's like, not a big he didn't need deal, to like... get arrested for whatever. Like, you gave him a ride. He's not driving his car. He can have somebody else move it. Like, so choosing to not be a jerk and take him in for something isn't fishy to me. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. But... I get not letting him drive away from the scene because his license is suspended, but why tow it and quote-unquote call him at work and do all of that, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. So. Because he did it. Because he did, yeah. He did. Stephen Calkins took three polygraph tests about the Williams and Santos cases, and one of those tests showed signs of deception. He ended up being let go from the department after the internal investigation determined he had lied and violated department policy. He appealed the ruling, but it was upheld, and his dismissal was final. So he was terminated, but never charged in the disappearance of Terrence Williams or Felipe Santos. He has been named a person of interest in both cases, but, like, that's it. Apparently, he even refused to appear before a grand jury and then randomly moved to Iowa, where he still lives. And who knew you could just be like, Basic things that you don't allow other people suspected of crimes to do. Yeah. Meanwhile, this guy, because he's... Above the law, he thinks. He like it was just so cocky to be like, Well, I got away with it one time. Let me and do it, it again. I mean it's so upsetting. According to Stephen Hawkins, he believes that both men had their own reasons for disappearing. So he thinks it's just like a literal pure coincidence that he picked up two guys, dropped them off at their respective circle K's, and that they both decided right then and there just walk away from their life. Like and never speak that's to not anyone a thing. again. That's not a thing. That doesn't happen. It makes no sense at all. He he thinks that he's just being treated as a scapegoat by the police department. And I think he's full of crap. 
I do too. This is the stuff that gets me so mad. This is why stop and frisk makes me mad. This is why, like, the, the laws that we have about immigration make me mad because they're not addressing he's a freaking human how he's he's driving he yeah. doesn't have a license he doesn't have documentation but how is he supposed to work how is he supposed to feed his family yeah. like, you want him to feed his family and work right yeah you don't want him to rob stores yeah, and yeah. murder people and deal drugs yeah. give him give him some Let options him go to please. His concrete job yeah yeah but... it, it, while he's working on becoming a citizen yeah which so many people spend years it takes so working on being all a the citizen. time people are just like oh just go get it like it's not it's not like people you apply. spend like twenty like, years. It's not like let me just go take a driver's test and tomorrow and I'm gonna become a citizen. It doesn't work. Like yeah, that. and that's a problem too. Yeah, definitely. I, and we need if to you're have, mad at me for saying it. I'm saying it. I, I don't. Care. We need to have easier, clearer, more direct paths to citizenship that aren't twenty-seven years long and hoop jumping. And why are your everyday traffic cops dealing with immigration, immigration. law? And that's, that's, honestly, like okay, in Texas because we have like you know some immigration people who are like. We share crazy about it, yeah. Yeah, but like they wouldn't. Like I look at people in jail. You know, it's a weird hobby of mine. And a lot of them, I see like ice hold next to them. Like there's no bail or whatever because they're being held for immigration. So he thinks this guy, this guy is here illegally, but because he was polite and cooperative, he just let him go. I think that's like over his head, and he doesn't get to decide that. Yeah, like. I don't know. I but I see ice hold all the time in jails. Like, it's not like at that point, it doesn't matter what crime you committed. You're now, well, uh, to them, like, I don't care if you're here illegally. Because yeah, like, to me, there's I no illegal human. But yeah. like, but the cops, to them, it's probably like, well, now it's over my head. Like, I got you for this, not without a license, but now I've learned that you're undocumented. So now it's my responsibility or my obligation to turn you into this. I can't imagine he would just be like, but you were super polite. So here's the gas station. Especially what you know, with what you know from. The witness in the first case, yeah. who was like, he seemed really agitated, agitated at yeah. the fact that he was. But there's no way he was just like, why did cooperative go? Yeah. He was fed up with dealing with this. individuals like that. Yeah. I get. Uh, yeah. I get frustration with your job. It's no license to make someone disappear. Those are yeah. really suspicious. So we don't know anything? So let's talk about theories. Okay. Theory one is that Deputy Calkins killed both men and disposed of their bodies. Theory two is referred to as the Starlight Tour Theory, which is, like, I'll explain more about that in a second, but basically it means that police detain and then purposely abandon individuals in locations or circumstances that will lead to their death. And then three is that both men walked away from their lives in their own accord. And I'm just going to tell you right now that I think theory three is absolute crap, and I'm not going to say anything else about that. So I already said earlier that's completely unlikely that that happened. So yeah, those guys did not walk away on their own. Theory three is so theories one and two, murder, starlight, tour. So theory one, the author of that Farmington High School article, like she, she killed it, Ava. So um, she believed that Deputy Calkins killed both Felipe Santos and Terrence Williams and that the crimes in her opinion were racially motivated. And I think that's something you have to consider because in 2019, so way after this happened, but recent to us, 54% of people who died as a result of harm from police and whose races were identified in the documents were people of color, including Asian, Black, Hispanic, Native American, Pacific Islanders. So more than half of the people who are dead at the hands of police or in some kind of police encounter are people of color. Felipe when they Sanz, make up a fraction of the yeah, population. Yeah, they're, like, they're not 54% of the population, but they are 54% of deaths involving police. So Felipe Santos was a Hispanic male, and Terrence Williams was a black male, and Deputy Calkins is white. When he called to have the car towed, he referred to it as a, quote, homie Cadillac, <gasps> whatever that means. And Y'all think we don't even know your code. 
Yeah, so like that, I, I was like, it, does it have to be racial? No, but it probably is. And the homie Cadillac thing just sealed it for me. Like it was probably, he was fed up with certain kinds of individuals. And he would later defend his homie Cadillac comment and say, and like some other inappropriate language he used as he was just joking around with his friend. Just, you know, locker room talk or whatever. Everybody's hear always dismissing stuff like this. Why can't y'all ever just say sorry? Yeah. Yeah, it was real wrong and inappropriate of me. Yeah. Done. A lot you of opinions. Get off your butt on it. Yeah, it's like nobody's perfect. Apologize, but like. I'm trying don't, to be real. You see how yes. I'm trying to be so nice. Yes. You're, look at <laughs> I don't know if y'all knew people. this. If y'all are listening to the show and didn't know, I am black as like, I'm black, black, blackity, black, black. <laughs> and it, it is very, and I try to be neutral on this stuff, but I think it, there just comes a point. Push, like, you just got to see it for what it yeah. is. Like, if you're trying not to see, like, that's on you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's, like, ignorance is not bliss. Like, open your eyes. So. A lot of opinions I've seen on this theory are that it was like, like not super premeditated. Like, according to these individuals, they don't think he set out that day or either days to go kill someone. He didn't select Felipe or Terrence to murder them, but he was likely frustrated with individuals without valid paperwork, either for themselves or their vehicles, and he took out his frustrations on them in the form of murder. But that was like, it was decided once he encountered them. To kill them, not like he selected to kill them. If that I get what sense. you're saying. Yeah. It was a it was a profile of a person that yes. he didn't like. Yeah. And they but he him. didn't like, like, I'm gonna pull over that black guy so I can kill him. It was like once he pulled over that black guy who didn't have paperwork, then he was like, I'm gonna kill him. Maybe he's a homie Cadillac and thought yeah. that's who I wanna yeah. pull over. But his car was in distress, allegedly. It wasn't. So theory two is the Starlight Tour theory. Apparently, as far back as at least 1976. Police in the Canadian province of Saskatchewan were known to have picked up individuals, namely Aboriginal Canadian men, who were drunk or disorderly, though sometimes the cause was unknown, and then abandoned them in the freezing wilderness. <gasps> the practice became known as taking Indigenous people for quote-unquote starlight tours. The practice came to light in the early 2000s after a man named Daryl Knight reported being picked up by police after leaving a party and driven outside of town, dropped off in a rural area in freezing conditions. But he survived because he happened upon a power plant that was staffed by a security guard. So he lived to tell what happened. But the very next day, another Aboriginal man was found frozen to the ground near the same place that police dropped off Daryl Knight. And weeks later, another Aboriginal man was found deceased in the same area. So what does that have to do with Terrence Williams and Felipe Santos? Well, it's been suggested that that's what Deputy Calkins did. That maybe he didn't shoot them or actually physically harm them, but that he could have dropped them off somewhere that led to their death. And because they're in Naples, Florida, the main suggestion is the Everglades. Yeah, I was going to say. Everglades National Park is 37 miles from Naples, but I'm guessing there are alligators elsewhere besides just in the literal Everglades because going to the like the National Forest or whatever park, it doesn't really fit with a timeline for Terrence Williams because he got picked up and then Calkins returned to the cemetery within the hour. Yeah. So, But he could have taken him somewhere where he knew there was alligators. Yeah, or dropped him off with someone else. Or... Yeah. yeah, he could have handed him off. Yeah. A May 2006 article said that Generally, people and alligators coexist quite easily there, but in that month alone, alligators killed three people. According to a 2018 Tampa Bay Times article, alligators attacking humans are on the rise in Florida, saying that there used to be an average of one attack every three years, 
between like 1988 and 1999. And now it's seven per year between 2000 to 2016. So like, that's a huge jump. Like one every couple years to seven every year. So it is possible that the men were dropped off somewhere and died from an alligator attack. But it is also possible that it's a combination of the two theories. Murder and abandonment. He could have assaulted the men and then driven them to an area where they would likely be attacked and killed by an alligator. So, or he could have killed them and alligator could have just got rid of the bodies for him. Gosh. And that's, like, that's what I, I think he likely left them somewhere dead or on the verge of death in a situation or location where death was certain. Because to come back between 15 minutes and an hour after picking up Terrence, do I think he drove him somewhere and then, like, killed? He could have, but I think it's, he could have, like, drove him somewhere and, like, shot him in the kneecap and let an alligator eat him or pushed him, no, tied him, tied him up and pushed him in the water and let him drown. Like, yeah, it's such a weird thing because it's, like, there, I don't know if there was no evidence or if they just really didn't investigate in a way that would yield evidence in a meaningful way. It's weird, like, it's one of those things, it's, like, there's no body, so you don't know, you know what I mean? There could have been a lot of things he did to scare them. I don't... You know what I mean? He's a cop. Yeah. They are... I don't think he just left them somewhere to, like, walk back because what could have happened in Canada... What happened in Canada could have happened here, and they could yeah. have lived to tell about it. Right. So I think he... I think he had to do something where death was certain. Either way, I think this is a, a suspicious, gross guy. And I think he clearly had some prejudices, which inhibited his ability to do his job. Yeah. And I, either way, I feel like... He knows something. Yeah. He failed a lie detector test. Mm-hmm. Even if he didn't actually kill them, I think he's responsible for their death in some way. Yeah. They're responsible for their disappearance, responsible yeah. for their death, responsible for their inability to provide the, for those same families. And then those same families are going to, you know, experience more hardships and what, yeah. be punished for it? I don't know. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting mad. But, yeah. Well, get more mad because sadly there are people who try to make excuses for him. And I, I'm trying. You see me trying, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be level headed about it. But you're so much better than me because I'm always just like, girl, not, not when I'm at home by myself, just crying <laughs> in my room in the dark, just being like, but I do matter. Oh, I didn't see this article myself. I tried to find it, but I couldn't. But multiple sources referenced an old Associated Press article that said that Deputy Hawkins was unstable and quote on medication for stress, anxiety, and depression, end quote. And because he was, quote, burned out, overwhelmed, and under considerable stress at work at home. And, like, shut up. That is no excuse for murder. I... True that. I have PTSD. I'm stressed. I have anxiety. I have depression. I'm overwhelmed. I'm burned out. I'm under considerable stress. And I am Child. not racially profiling people yeah. and then killing and them. and you don't use the disguise of your job or yeah. the honor of your job to There's excuse no excuse, those yeah. things. And if anything, I think... If you're stressed out and you're depressed and your job is causing you to, I don't know, hate everyone in your sight, yeah. quit, baby. Just I think do a different job. If anything, I have no sympathy for him because of he did it twice. That just seems yeah. so cocky to me. Like, I agree. He I used agree. the Circle K explanation same story. back to back because it worked so well for him with whatever happened to Felipe that he did it three months later yeah. the exact same thing. He like, just knew there would be no consequences. That's the problem This for time me. he got discredited with surveillance and phone records and... Thank goodness. That's Otherwise, still not nothing. That ain't nothing but a slap on the wrist. Yeah, like, he, yeah, he, there's no, he's never been charged for this. He just got fired. Oh, and now he's like, oh, I'm just a scapegoat. But. The whole families don't have dads. Yeah. Yeah. Terrence had four children. Felipe had one daughter. Like, they were, they were people, their lives mattered. In 2018, Marsha Williams, so Terrence's mom, filed a wrongful they death suit against. be mad at families for not having dads. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, I hear you. <laughs> 
Terrence's mom filed a wrongful death suit against Stephen Calkins for the disappearance and presumed death of her son. The Williams family attorney, Benjamin Crump, whose name might sound familiar to you because he is also the George Floyd's family attorney. And I watched um, him in the memorial the other day on TV. So as soon as I read that name, I was like, I know this guy. So he's a very well-known like civil rights attorney. So Ben Crump said that Terrence's family wants to, quote, force Calkins to sit for a deposition under oath to explain what happened after he picked up Williams. They believe that evidence uncovered in the lawsuit could lead to Calkins being charged criminally, end quote. The suit alleges that Williams is dead and that Deputy Calkins is responsible for his death. Florida law states that five years after a disappearance just gonna say. and an absence cannot be explained, that that person is presumed to be dead. We can declare them dead. In April 2019, a judge in Collier County heard from attorneys representing Williams' estate and Deputy Calkins. Calkins' attorney wanted to dismiss the lawsuit. A Naples News article said, quote, John Hooley, who is representing Calkins, requested the hearing and said he will argue the case should be dismissed purely on statutory law. Like, I killed him so long ago. Why are we still talking oh about this? Oh, my gosh. And that he would actually the not audacity. even... audacity. The lawyer said he would actually not even present evidence relating to the case at the hearing because he just wanted to dismiss it. And to date, I don't think anything's come of that lawsuit yet, but... How helpless must that fam- those families feel? If... You'd like more information about these stories. They've been featured in a few other places in the media. An episode of Disappeared tells the story, and Anderson Cooper 360 has two, and also Dateline. Filmmaker Tyler Perry offered a $100,000 reward for information in 2014, but at the time of that lawsuit, he upped the reward to $200,000. Because a law enforcement official is a person of interest in these cases, Other agencies are investigating it as well, including the FBI, the U.S. Attorney's Office, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, and the State Attorney's Office. The disappearance of Terrence Williams and the disappearance of Felipe Santos are both considered open investigations. If you have any information about either of these men, please contact the Collier County Sheriff's Office, he doesn't work there anymore, at 239-252-9300 or Crime Stoppers at 1-800-780-TIPS. That's 1-800-780-8477. Thank you for listening to Sideline Sleuths. If you have any comments or questions about this case or just feedback about the show in general, you can find us online at facebook.com slash sideline sleuths. And if you haven't already had the chance, please rate and review the show on iTunes, Facebook, or any social media or streaming platforms available.